and be with people that are going through the same thing that you are so that you can learn more about it and know that you're not at fault and it doesn't matter what people think about you because of what your child might have done you're still great people guys welcome back to another episode of the science thing stigma podcast i'm Austin, along with me with my mom as always what's going on mom hey we have a special guest and i feel like i say that every t- episode we have a special guest but it is a special guest and uh that is bruce what's going on bruce how are we doing pretty good how are you uh, I'm, I'm doing good i'm i'm excited to be here this is um it's my first podcast, so it's like, yeah. cool. I've done radio shows and stuff like that, but I've never done a, an actual podcast. Podcasts so. are fun. I enjoy them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We learn a lot. We meet a lot of people, a lot of different stories. Everybody has a story. You know, we we talk to people all the time. Do you want to come on the podcast? And they're like, well, I don't really have a story. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. You have a story. We'll get it we out all, of you, right? <laughs> we have a story. You have a story. So. Yeah, you can see our table here. A lot of people have been here. We have them all signed the table, so... Yep, I've already picked my spot out. Okay. So. Good. 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 <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed when I came in. I, and, and we talked about the event I went to on Saturday down at Glen Hope Care Farms. Um, there's a guy named Tracy Young. That if, if if this goes local, people will know Tracy. You probably know Tracy. Uh, I never met him, but he did a pod. He does a podcast yes. or some sort. And I saw him in an interview with the new girl at JFT. So yeah. I just saw him. I never met him though. But he had he did a drum circle down there, and we me and my girlfriend participated in the drum circle. And um, they they have one special drum that nobody drums, and you get to sign the drum with your loved one's oh, name, cool. stuff cool. like that. So yeah, that's it was cool. pretty it was pretty awesome. So yeah, that's, that's the first cool. thing I noticed when I came to the table. And then you had the markers, uh, but I got some in my briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> I said you were going to write on the, the dining room yeah. table. <laughs> <laughs> yep, everybody puts something different. All right. Well, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if you guys need to grab your tissues or not. I have them here. <laughs> it might it's get okay. a little emotional, but... Uh. So, you said about everybody has a story. Of course, here's my story. And um, First of all, I run an organization called uh, Bart's Brigade, the Trent Bart's Foundation. Um, five years ago, on August 19th, at uh, 3.38 in the afternoon, I lost my son, Trent Bart's. Um, took his own life, uh, completed suicide. And uh, to anybody that's ever lost a child to drugs or suicide or a car wreck, they're not supposed to go before us. So, um, you know, we, um, I mean, just what a, what an amazing kid he was. And... Um, I started learning things about mental health and, and mental awareness and all that stuff and, and about the people that take their own lives and you think that the people that do this are are uh, crazy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's, not, it's not. And it, so I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to, um, to s- help save one person if, or whatever it takes. And... Um, he was also, uh, he was in the Army, in the Army Reserves. Um, one of the things that kind of started me motivating with raising funds through my organization um, was a lot of the money that was sent, was donated in his name 
to the Wounded Warriors Project mm-hmm. uh, for his funeral. There was a couple, five, six, seven thousand dollars, and I found out that the Wounded Warriors Projects, um, and I'm not talking about PA Wounded Warriors because that's a great organization. Okay. And, and I understand the Wounded Warriors Project; it's a good organization too. But I found out 85 percent of the money they raise goes to administrative costs. The founder, the CEO of the Wounded Warriors Project, from what I understand, makes about $300,000 a year. And um, There's a lot of groups like that right now. So I made up my mind that we're going we're gonna to raise money and we're going to keep it here local in York County. Um, and we're going to, um, everything we make, all of our profits stays here. And um, we try and make that cross between physical fitness because my son was a beast when it came to physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make that cross between physical fitness and good mental health. And, and uh, I work with the schools. Um, so we just we, we keep, we keep trugging along. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Before your son's suicide... Oh, she's got her tissue in her hand, by the way. Are you listening? Before (laughs) She grabbed that before we even started talking. (laughs) Before that, what were your thoughts on people that committed suicide? Or what did you think? I I was a police officer for 27 years. So I actually investigated suicides. And um, never really bothered me. I thought, you know, what's the problem with somebody wants to take their own life, you know? that's their choice. Why, why should I stop that? Or, um, you know, I never, I never really thought about it in that way. Okay. Uh, it, and I'll be honest with you, that was, it was my feelings about drugs too. You know, people overdosed on drugs like, well, it was his choice to, or her choice or their choice to, to do those drugs. So it never really impacted me, um, until I lost my son. And, and, uh, that humbles you mm-hmm. <laughs> that, extremely it humbles you um it's a pain you don't want to wish upon your worst freaking enemy because it's it's just um and you always say it's never going to happen to me i mean in my i never would have dreamed that i'd be sitting here right now yeah you don't you and you think that and then of course too once it, when it does happen you think it's all my fault uh what could i have done and and um where did I fail? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that even even today, and I probably will for the rest of my life, I still go, boy, I wish I would have changed this. And I still think maybe it's my fault or my responsibility. Even in reality, I know it's not. Mm-hmm. It's still part of my healing process. It's still something that I have to, to work through to, to, you know, have a normal, somewhat of a normal life. You know, I, I really don't like the expression the new normal. Like when we talk about COVID and that mm-hmm. shit, and everybody goes, "Oh, this is the new normal." No, yeah. it's not. It's I hate the new normal. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple expressions I really really hate, but <laughs> so it's my it's my life. It's whether it's a new normal, you can call it whatever you want. I'm just calling that's what my life is, and we'll go from there. You know. Nope, understood. So, um, I never thought it would happen with my son. You know, growing up, he was. Um, he was the the small roly poly kid who loved to play sports. He loved to please everybody. Everybody was his friend. Um, I coached him in football all the way from seventh grade. Um, 
or not seventh grade, seven years old, all the way up until he was a senior in high school. Um, he was always second string. He didn't get much playing time, but man, he was always the first one to practice. He was always the one who practiced the hardest, and and uh, he would he would take hits and go against anybody. It was the same with baseball. He wasn't very good, but um, he could still, you know, he just loved to play. He loved to please, and. Um, <clears throat> When he was in eighth grade, um, I came home from work one day, and it was just me and my daughter and son. It was just me, my daughter Brittany and Trent and I. Um, his mom left him when he was left us when we were. She was well. Trent was eight, and Brittany was uh, twelve. Okay. And um, <clears throat> he was in eighth grade, and and uh, Brittany's like, "Well, you better tell Dad what you did." I'm like, "Oh." Christ, what do you do now? I thought maybe <laughs> busted a window or something. But what he did is he's actually skipping school. Um, he would leave in the morning. He go as soon as I would leave for work, then he'd go downstairs and hide in the basement until I left. And then, um, but uh, he was getting bullied at school. He was just, you know, people were saying stupid stuff to him and just, you know, making fun of his weight and all kinds of different things. And he didn't want to go to school. So... Worked it out. He actually ended up going into a program called the Meadows. I don't know if you're familiar with that no. or not. It's um, kids that, that couldn't, school wasn't working for them. They were getting bullied and, and stuff, and they weren't just getting along in school. So they went to the Meadows. He was there about three weeks and uh, went back. Is that a day program? Yeah, it was, it was actually a school. Okay. He would okay. still get his education and stuff like that. So okay. I'd drop him off in the morning and pick him up at, at night. And... Um, he would go there, uh, was there about three weeks until he thought he was doing better and then went back to uh, school. And like the first thing he said, oh, the crazy kid's back. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, fuck this. <laughs> Pulled him out of school, put him back in the meadows and, and actually brought him home and I homeschooled him for eighth grade okay. um, for the rest of the year. Um, he continued to play sports and everything else. But I remember um, his freshman year of, of uh school uh of high school he was like dad i'm gonna i'm gonna change myself and he always wanted to join the army so i would take him to the recruiter's office and and he would work out and he was getting rid of that roly-poly type thing and um when he was 16 he was at the recruiter's office hanging out and i know he was hanging out because he, he could drive there by himself okay and he met a guy who was a uh, sergeant and he was a recruiter now owns a uh, a CrossFit gym in in uh, Philadelphia. It's like, come to me with CrossFit. I'll show you what you know it's all about. Well, Trent would get up at four thirty in the morning. He'd go to CrossFit York in town. He'd okay. drive himself in there, work out for an hour, hour and a half, come back, go to school all day long, come home, do his football practice, do whatever baseball practice, and just. He transformed himself. When he was a senior in high school, he was 6'3", about 165 pounds in pure muscle. Uh, he was a starting center for the Eastern Fo York football team. And I remember he, he told me, he said, Dad, all I want to do is start one game as a senior. Um, he actually started the whole year um, and got his ass kicked many a times against guys <laughs> 300 pounds. I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever play football? No, I never played football. I was a basketball guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he um, – you know, a nose tackle on the other side. I never, this guy from New York Catholic, he was 300 pounds. Oh, yeah. This was in 2012. 
yeah. when Trent graduated. Yeah, I'd, I'd never forget because I was coaching. Trent came to the sideline. He's dad, he's kicking my ass. <laughs> I'm like, hey, all you have to do is grab onto him and fall down. <laughs> Stop him, you know. Went into the Army. Um, he was actually accepted to Valley Forge Military College. Um, one of the biggest heartbreaks I ever had was he told me he didn't want to go. Um, he said, I know I need, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. Dad, I know I need structure, but I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. I, I don't, I, I won't be able to do that. And he had already gone to, to basic training. He was in the army reserves. And, uh, I mean, he was going down to Aberdeen where he was, where his uh, duty station was. He was going down there at 17 cause he joined at 17 and, um, he was doing all the things he needed to do. So instead of going to Valley Forge, he went to uh, Shippensburg. Okay. Um, there he drank his way to failing out. <laughs> you know, he just, he simply, he just, that's all he did. He went there to party and he was drinking way too much. His girlfriend at the time went there. And that's all he was doing. I mean, his grade point average was terrible. So that year, and that was 2015, um, he came back and, and it's like, they're, they're not going to let me back in ship. I'm like, well, all right, you got to do what you got to do. But So at that point, what he wanted to do is he wanted to get into the military full time. He wanted to be active duty and he wanted to, um, he applied to transfer from the 203rd Military Intelligence Battalion to what's called the Old Guard. And if you don't know anything about the military, the Old Guard is the people who guard the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Yeah, those, and and they're, I I don't know what their unit number is. Um, I think it's the 103rd Infantry Division. I'm not sure, but anyway, they call them the Old Guard. And um, you have to get, um, you have to have a certain body type. You have to have certain physical fitness because those guys stand there for however many hours. Hours, yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So to become part of that, you have to pass a physical fitness test and have a certain body type. And um, he never knew it, but he got accepted. So when he didn't know it, it was too late when you got the acceptance letter? Yeah. He, uh, he had already died. He'd already took his own life. So he, um, yeah, he got accepted. Um, he competed in two best warrior competitions um, in 20, I don't even remember the years, but the first year, the first year he took second, and this is at what they call battalion level. So you start with 8,000 soldiers okay. and you represent your battalion. So... There was like 20 guys that competed. I think the first year they competed in Indiana, and then I think they competed down in uh, South Carolina one year. Um, like I said, first year he took second, second year he took third. That's so good. that's how physical fit he was and how much he was into the Army and, and the things he wanted to do. And um, He just wanted to go kill terrorists. That's all he wanted to do. <laughs> and, you know, he did. He, he wanted to... Uh, he wanted to go, you know, fight for his country. I, and, and I truly believe have he, had he ever been deployed, he'd have never come home. He was the guy that would jump on the grenade for you or jump in front of you to take a bullet. Um, I think that would have been his way of, of doing what he did eventually. So, 
So do you think it came, it started with the bullying in school? Oh, absolutely. I, he, you know, he didn't have, he was never deployed. He didn't have PTSD from the military. He had what I call life's PTSD. Okay. You know, um, his mom walked out when he was eight years, eight years old and they were close. They were very, very close. Um, he, he was bullied. He wanted to please everybody. He didn't worry about himself. He was the kind of kid who you it, never forget this story is a week before he died. Um, him and I were supposed to go get dinner. In fact, he died on a Wednesday. It was the Friday before that we were going to go out and get some Chinese food. He's like, dad, I can't go. I can't. One of my friends just called me. He's, he's hurting. His girlfriend just broke up with him. I didn't see Trent for two days because he was, um, he was with his buddy helping him out. Now I don't, they might've been drinking or doing whatever, but, but he went his with good bu- intentions. Yep, his buddy called and, and Trent went running. So, you know, he was just kind of kid who wanted to please everybody. And I, th- I think that had a lot to do with it. He felt like he couldn't please his mom. He felt like he couldn't please me. Um, couldn't please his friends or his girlfriends and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a perfect storm. Um, the day he died, I was on his shit for not getting a full-time job. Um, his girlfriend broke up with him. His mom kept trying to get in contact with him, and he wanted nothing to do with her. Um, There's just a bunch of stuff going on, and, and it was a perfect storm-type situation. Did he ever before that say that he wanted to do that? Or no. Or he had no idea? Well, I had him in counseling when he was younger. Okay. Um, in fact, the whole family was in counseling. I myself and my daughter and me, uh, or I already said myself, my daughter, um, Trent and myself were in counseling. And, um, once in a while, mom would go with us. Once in a while she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd be at the house and sometimes she'd be gone for weeks and she had alcohol and drug problems. Um, you know, he, he was a cutter. He would cut himself. And I never understood that. Apparently, that's a... We just learned about that on the podcast. I guess a lot of kids or teenagers do that still. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a relief. It's a stress relief. I never knew that. Yeah, so I cut myself. I cry, man. It hurts. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. So, um, and and I, I learned out about... I found out about him cutting himself. Um, he used to do it on the bottom of his feet because he didn't want anybody to see it. And um, he, he would always complain about to the football coaches how his feet would hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never realized that's what it was. So, yeah. And so, um, I, I, ne- I never, I thought he got better. Okay. And you know, and, and that's something that, that um, I remember, you know, when he was old enough to hunt, he'd, he'd come home from school, he'd strap his shotgun on his shoulders, get on his bike, and, and ride 10 miles to go to the woods to go hunting. Not once did I ever think he wasn't coming home. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when he was older, you know? Yeah. Um, he, would, he would do the same thing with his bow. He'd go out bow hunting. And um, I thought he was better, and... One of the, it's not a mistake, but one of the things I regret, I wish we'd have never stopped the counseling. And to be honest with you, like two weeks, uh, maybe it was longer than that, three weeks, four weeks before he died, I just met up with another counselor. 
and I went to see her first and I said, you know, we're going to plan the whole family to come. I want Trent to come. And we did that. In fact, we had an appointment. He died on a Wednesday. The following Wednesday I had an appointment. So I just went to the appointment by myself, obviously. Yes. And I don't know if it would have helped or not, but just kind of, I knew something was off. I knew something wasn't right with Trent. You know, as a cop, when you investigate it, you sometimes you don't see signs and they're not obvious. Not everybody leaves a note. Not everybody says, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, and uh, the, the signs that I noticed later, he was meticulous about his army uniforms, just about his camouflage stuff that he wore on a daily basis. Okay. He would actually iron them. Who irons freaking BDUs? <laughs> you know what I mean? But he wanted them neatly pressed because he wanted it to look good and he wanted it to... Um, that's just the way he was. And I noticed that he was coming home from his drill weekends and his stuff was... Now, he was messy. Don't get me wrong. Right. But his uniforms would never hit the floor. His uniforms were on the floor. And I didn't notice this until after right. he had died. You those start are things, thinking. Yeah, those are, that was one of the signs, you know. Um, I knew he drank. I didn't realize he drank to the extent he did. Um, I never really said anything about the drinking. You know, even when they were underage after football games on Friday nights, they'd go to one person's house because, but they were, they were I guess they were responsible <laughs> about it. They would get trashed and they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't drive or anything else. So, yeah. you know, and Just, Trent always had to be home on Saturday, Sunday morning because we, we'd go into town and had to clean a restaurant and I'd, we'd leave the house at six o'clock. So he hid his hangover as well. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine to not know. And, I mean, I can imagine what it's like to lose a child, but we always go back and we find the signs. Like, yeah. oh, if I would have known, like, now I know. Like, oh, and that and that's why we do these podcasts, Bruce, is because maybe somebody's listening whose child is acting the way Trent did or nodding off in my case that, you know what, you better check on them. Yeah. Like you better check on them. Well, and one of the things that, that we stress too, like I said, with the organization I work with, um, we, we make the, the foundation, we make that, that connection between physical fitness and mental health. And I don't care who you are. <laughs> and I'll argue this with anybody. <laughs> We all got freaking mental health problems. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's just a matter of what end of the spectrum you're on, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's, and, but you say that word mental health, and you think crazy person. Well, then I'm a crazy person because I have my anxiety, my depressions, um, all the things that are associated with, with the trauma that I've had. Um, but it's okay. You know, It doesn't mean you can't function in life, but you do have to maintain it. So for me, um, physical health, and, and I thought I was in pretty good shape because I refereed basketball. And I think I even refereed a couple of your games, didn't you I? You said your son graduated in 2012, right? He, uh, yeah. That's when we graduated. So we Austin and Dylan were the twins. We so you line. did, they went to red line. I think right. we saw you uh, refing basketball. I, I remember seeing Joe. I, it yes. might have been in the summertime or during okay. league, stuff like that, because I remember seeing Joe um, 
Yeah, yeah, we yeah we saw you there. You probably had to run out right after the game because we had wild coaches. <laughs> you were probably fearing your life. No, you had asshole coaches. <laughs> they were wild. <laughs> no. I love your realness. Yeah. Hold nothing back. <laughs> so if there's any coaches listening, they're, they know me. I well, mean, the local you, coaches. You have, yeah, that's okay. You have half the moms right now that listen to this like, yes. <laughs> no, coaches are fine. You know who's worse? are the fans. Oh, yeah. Fans me. are terrible. Me. Yeah, fans are uh. horrible. It's like, okay, and, and, and I don't get mad at them. I'll sit next to them and go, here, you want to borrow my whistle? Or I'll look at them and they'll like, hey, thank you for the help. I appreciate that. Or... You know what? Go to piaa.org, take the test, and come out here and join me on the court because you really don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was never mean to the ref. I yelled a lot at my kids. Okay. Joe, Joe would never even sit with me. Like, he was always three bleachers up. Really? Because I was the one that would yell at my kids. And the ref would say to me, take it easy on your kids. Yeah. Well, you know, I coached, too. Okay. I coached Trent in football and baseball, and I coached my daughter in basketball. And I never, ever yelled at a ref. But I was loud with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was loud. Mm-hmm. They're doing their job. Yep. I'm doing my job. And the best thing about, you know, every time you blow that whistle in a basketball game, 50% of the people in the gym are not going to agree with what you're doing. <laughs> because, you're right. you know, it's going you're against right. them. So. Right. so you did a lot of running. I mean, obviously in the basketball. So Right. So I, you were in shape. I thought I was in shape until okay. I started. So Trent used to say to me all the time, he says, come with me. I, I'm doing this CrossFit thing. I'm like, ah, screw that. I'm fine shape. And so he became one of the original 10 members of a gym called, he started out at York Cross, CrossFit York. Okay. They started out on Albemarle Street and they went into the city at Philadelphia and Pershing. And now they're up in Market Street. But there was a coach there, broke away and started her own gym in Dallastown called Black Powder CrossFit. And um, Trent was one of the original 10 members. So in March of 2016, Trent died in 2015. Yeah, March of 2016, they called me. They're like, hey, why don't you come work out with us? I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I did it. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go just to appease you guys just so you get off my case. Because we really hadn't started doing any fundraising at that point. We, okay. We'd started... Um, some we used to do a butterfly uh, we actually used to do a lantern event down at john wright um and then so anyway i started doing I, I went to the crossfit thing and she's like i did the workout she's like i want you to try this on-ramp program which is we'll teach you how to do this and then see if you want to become a member of the gym and again i'm thinking i'm not going to do this I'm, I'm like all right whatever i'll do it I'll appease you. Well, I did the on-ramp program. I'm like, I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I'm like, this <laughs> This stuff is really, really neat. And, uh, I mean, I was at the point where I was going five days a week. I would have gone sometimes six days a week. I'd get up. I, my time was 530 in the morning because I'd get up. I'd do my workout. I'd go shower. I'd go to work. And I'd have. I'd be sore, but my, my mental health was going really well. So it's therapeutic. Absolutely. And you know what else is therapeutic is beating the shit out of a lawnmower when your son takes his own life with a sledgehammer. So that's that was okay. physical fitness, you know what I mean? Just the anger. <laughs> that, that anger, yeah. But, you know, I'm throwing weights around. I'm getting rid of that anger. Yep. It it, it, it makes a difference. Like, you, you played basketball. Mm-hmm. That 
that physical fitness, when you get them endorphins running, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes away a lot of anger. Yes. And you can have anger on the court, mm-hmm. you know, because I see it in a lot of kids. Um, so what was your anger? Angry at Trent? Angry at yourself? Everything. Or everything. Everything. Okay. I, I, I'm still to this day angry at Trent. I mean, I, I sometimes cuss. I'll be driving down the road and I'll think about it. It's like, you fucking, why in the hell did you do that? You didn't have to do that. I do that too. And some people look at me like I'm crazy. You're really mad at him. You, I said, I don't hate him, but I'm angry. Yeah. Like this life is different and I'm angry. Yeah. I, I get, they asked me if I'm angry at God. I said, I'm not angry at God. I never, I question. I don't understand why this had to happen, but I was mad at Kyle and yeah. I still get to your point. I still get mad. I, I go to, I go to church more now that since Trent's past died than I ever did. Um, before that and it's and this is my religious 101 god gives us choices it was his choice to do that you know and i truly believe in god i mean there might be some people that don't and my god didn't tell him to kill himself so do you so you said you don't like some sayings what do you think about it happened for a reason Everything, is that one of your other ones? Fuck that. That you don't... <laughs> you, don't you don't believe in that? I was no, getting I don't. that vibe when he was saying terms no. that he doesn't like. I didn't like it for a while, but I'm learning that... <laughs> I want to replace the word reason. Okay. In And I don't know what the word is yet. Okay. It didn't happen for... It happened, it happened and we'll make good out of it. Okay. Instead of instead of the negative about it, I can't dwell upon. I can't. I can dwell upon it, but I can't change it. I don't think. I I, I don't know if I believe in true. You know, um, when we're born, God says this is the day you're going to die, and this is how you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't believe in that. I think our life's choices make that for us. But um, no, I just, I, for some reason, I don't care for that saying. I have heard a lot of sayings that I don't, yeah. you know, people you, people will send there, he's in a better place. Well, no, he's not. A better place is right next to me. You know, your son's, I get it. I understand that. <laughs> but no, I want him here with me. I don't want him in that better place. We're just being a little selfish. Yeah. You <laughs> I was going to say, is that a little selfish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's just funny because to your point, I when people say to me it happens for a reason, what is that reason? Like yeah. that's what I was so angry for something. Like, well, tell me what the reason is, yep. you know, because first of all, you don't understand because it didn't happen to you, but what is the reason? I don't understand the reason. And we just had this conversation on another po- podcast. So is the reason because now I'm doing what I'm doing and he's at peace because he was struggling and he's at peace. And so my life has to continue. So I'm going to help others. So while he made that choice, and Trent made that choice. We're, we have to stay here and, and live our life until that last day. They're living through you. Right. So is Trent living through you when you do this? Like, you're really passionate about Like, I talked to you on the phone that night, and you're just as passionate as I am about my calls. Is it them working through us? I, I believe so. So? I, I, I've never, um, well, like I said, first of all, I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't, care i cared about people taking their own lives and i cared about people dying from drugs but it was their choices Mm -hmm. 
and now, I mean, I'm so humbled by the people that I met. I, the people that I know, we call, they're called survivors. I, we're, mm-hmm. I don't like being called that, but it is what it is. And I've met so many awesome people. I don't like the way I met them. I was a cop. Now I work for the defense. Now I work in the public defender's office. Okay. I get drug addiction. I get people feeling they're not that um, worthy. Worthy. I yeah. That, that's a good. Thank you. Mm. Um, I get anxiety. I got lost in Walmart four or five months after Trent died. I didn't go. I didn't go out for a while, and I I went to Walmart and. I'm walking down an aisle, and I see this girl who used to work at my dad's bar. We used to own the tourist inn. Oh, okay. That's what brought us to Pennsylvania. I'm originally, I'm from Ohio and Michigan, a bunch of other states. Okay. But, and I remember this girl. I couldn't remember her name. And I'm thinking, I don't want to talk to this girl. I don't want to talk to this girl. So I'm like, I'm getting ready to turn down an aisle. She says, hey, Bruce. Oh, shit. (laughs) So I go up and start talking to her, and, and... um, we're talking about the tourist in and, and stuff like that. And, and like I said, this was back in 83 or 84, maybe 85 that she worked there that I knew her. It's been that how long mm-hmm. since I saw her. And um, she got into the point, she says, um, oh, I heard, and I heard about your son. She says, I'm really sorry. I, I know how you feel. And I, oh, you lose a child to suicide. And she goes, well, no, I, I live on a farm now. And I lost a bunch of cats the other day. And I'm oh, like, no. well, that's not what I said. <laughs> I, looked I, at, I looked at her. I said, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I said, are you comparing your cats to my son? I said, oh, my God. I said, I always thought you were an idiot when you worked for my dad. <laughs> and now I really know you are. But anyway, I turned around and I walked away. And, and I... Uh, I started having a panic attack. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And I, I, I the aisles started closing in and I just, I had no idea what to do. I, I had enough sense to call my daughter and I told her where I was and she, she got me out of Walmart. Yep. It's like, so I understand that with people. I understand how, you know, um, yeah, people, people don't want to, people don't want to become addicted to drugs. <laughs> But they do because, you know, for whatever reason, whether they just try it for one time for that euphoric feeling or whatever, they don't want to be like that. People don't want to be assholes. And getting the help. First of all, like you said, people look and think you're crazy. I've been called crazy, I don't know, about four times in the past week. Really? And I'm like, okay, then I'm crazy. Like, okay, I'm crazy. But I'm crazy for different things. Like, I'm crazy because I put myself in situations that I could get hurt. You know, crazy things like that or things that I say. You know, people just. Yeah, I. Okay, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I just admit it. I'm crazy. Yeah, I don't get but... into. Um, one of the things my organization does is we, we try not to become political. Well, I don't. I won't become mm-hmm. political. Um, we did an event last year. And. Um, the last thing I said to people, because I did have a, a representative speak at the event. Okay. Um, Congressman Perry. And I, and I know that there's people that are listening to this that probably are going to go, oh, my God, 
you're a moron because you had him at your event. Mm-hmm. I made him promise not to be political, but mm-hmm. the reason he was there because of veteran suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our theme. I work with veterans. I work with suicidal veterans. Um, and he introdu- he's introducing legislation for medication that can help um, veterans with PTSD. Okay. And I thought it very important that he be there. Um, we're not talking politics. Right. You You're know, just Scott. talking. Right. And he didn't. He, he said what he had to say and talked about the, the, the uh, drug. And um, so, so the last thing I said after, you know, kind of concluded, I said, it, it, it doesn't matter. Suicide doesn't matter your color, your race, your ethnicity. You're black, you're female, you're male, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party. It knows no boundaries. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that you're rich or poor. And and I think the same thing with addictions, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, a rich person can surely hide their addictions easier than someone who's poor. Yep. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's just not. It, it, it doesn't know any boundaries whatsoever. So um, and we always say nobody knows what's going on with the person standing next to you. Nope. They, you don't really, you think you have it rough or, or you think, Oh, look how happy they are. Like people always say to me, you're always so happy. I've only had one person who really looked at me and you did the same thing earlier tonight. Look at me and say, you're not happy on the inside. Why are you smiling like that? And do you ever let people see how you really feel? And I've only had one person since this happened, like call me out on it. I think it's a, a facade we put on. Mm -hmm. It's our defenses. Um, I, and I think my life is happy. Yep. I, I think my life would be happier with my son um, so, you know, we, we kind of hide that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, if, I don't, I don't care if I tell somebody, yeah, right now I'm miserable. Leave me mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do counseling. Sure do. Probably will for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yep. But you're keeping it real. Yep. So I'm a crier. So, I mean, I grabbed the tissue before you start. I, I will cry in front of anybody. Yeah. And when they say, oh, you always act like you're happy. I'm going to catch me on a bad day <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to cry. Yeah. And I tell them, you know, and people just understand and they, okay, cast in one of those moods today, she's going to cry. And I'm like crying. So I have spoken to all kinds of different groups and, and, uh, things. And, and, um, when I talk about Trent, I usually say, first of all, when I'm done talking, you're either going to have tears in your eyes or a lump in your throat, because mm-hmm. I know I always do. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. Not ashamed of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have had people say, I had a friend who used to be a friend. They're not a friend anymore. Um, you know, you need to kind of work to get over this, Bruce. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck you. I'll That's get over it when I damn well please. <laughs> you got to say you'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, I'll get over this when I please. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I don't, this is my, this is my therapy, my recovery, my, um, no one can tell me my timeline. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. so, you know, and 
when people compare the death of a child, I, I, they're all different. You know, I don't know how you feel. You lost a son to drugs. Yep. I don't know how you feel. I know what it's like to lose a son or a child, but I don't know what it's like to lose a son in those specific ways. Yep. And like we were saying earlier, you lost a brother. And I, I don't know how you feel at all because I've never lost a brother. I've lost a sister to cancer. I've lost both my parents to cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same death. It, it really isn't. And, um, you know, I, I, feel, I feel for people. I really do. I think when it comes to heroin, too, or the opiates, I think a lot of times some of those are suicides. We just don't know it. Mm-hmm. I think they, they go to this, they, they inject themselves going, I hope this is the last one that I ever have to do in my life. Not that I'm going to be cured, but it, I hope mm-hmm. this is the one that takes my life because I don't want to be addicted to this any, anymore. And we've heard people say that. Have you? Mm-hmm. Hoping that it's the last time. I was just at a group meeting last week and a mother said that her son asked her to go into the woods with him and let, he didn't want to die alone, but he was going to shoot up heroin to overdose because he was tired of it. And could she at least hold his hand so he wouldn't be alone? Oh my God. And that just breaks my heart. Like that just, and to your point, it's suicide. Yeah. What do you, what do you tell someone that has those kind of thoughts? Have you ever you encountered that before, like someone coming to you, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this to myself? What do you say to that person? I don't really know. I, and believe it or not, I've, I've ha- I haven't had anybody coming to me like that. Um, or, but, better, or better yet, this. What would you say to your, if you don't mind sharing, what would you say to your son now, now that you know what you know about suicide and everything? What would you say to him? That I don't know your pain. I, I don't know what's going through your mind, but I, I know that we can make it better. Yeah. We, there's hope out there. I mean, hope is an awesome word. And, and we need to um, just take it one day at a time. You know? And I'll be with you every day, every minute of every second, and do what I need to do. But that's creating that conversation. And that's one of the things, and I think we kind of started this but never finished it. That's one of the things that I tell people, um, or I'll say to people, are you you thinking about killing yourself? I I go straight to the point. You thinking about hurting yourself? Simple as that. I learned that from uh, the head of Veterans Affairs. He's like, you go straight to the point. You say to that veteran, you say to whomever, are you thinking about, you know, what's your relationship with death? How do you feel about that? I'm willing to bet they tell you the truth right away. I think so too. I think most people do. Because if they're to that point of thinking about it, they don't care about anything. They're really just going to let you know. Yeah. That's my opinion. And I don't disagree with you. That scares me. Why? That people get to that point. Oh, okay. It just scares me that somebody's okay with that. I mean... That they're that desperate, that they're that alone, that. I think the, like I said, the word hope, if you can give that person that hope that it will get better, it's not going to get better overnight. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to contribute to it also, you know, um, 
I don't know. I, I wished, I wish there was a way to to see inside her head. You know. It's hard, and and I mean, we talk about addiction. There's a lot of addiction, but there's so many vets coming back that have post traumatic stress. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. what they saw. You know what? Well, that it, they have to come back into this world and and realize. Yeah. You know, for, for someone, you know, people talk about people, uh, about those that, that complete suicide too, and um, they say they're weak. That ain't true. It, uh, it, takes, it takes a very strong person to put a gun to their head and pull the trigger. It takes a very strong person to inject themselves with a chemical knowing that they're going to die. Yep. That's agreed. So... so these are not weak people. These are strong people that, come on, how many, you know, the people that run our country, they got their mental health issues. If they're treated properly, it can, it can, it can be okay. It can be okay. It's, and it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And that's where you're getting to your, your Bart's brigade, right? Yeah. That's your goal. Yep. That's your passion. Like ours is the podcast and yours is, is the Bart's brigade. Like I said, I work with a bunch of different organizations. I sit on the uh, the board of directors for the York County Veterans Outreach Group, um, which is a uh, they they work with strictly veterans and help veterans with different things financially, stuff like that. It's a nonprofit, um, but there's also other nonprofits associated with veterans within York County. There's uh, what's called the York Vet Network. Which um, and you and I had talked about mm-hmm. this. Literally, if I can get on my on my computer at eight o'clock in the morning and have an email saying this veteran needs this, and the email goes out. To, I don't know how many people, hundreds, and within twenty five minutes that need is met. I want to develop that network with not one more and mm-hmm. and and um, suicide prevention and that type of thing that 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 need is met it it mm-hmm. gets met somebody's feeling depressed they need to talk to a counselor okay well you go to so-and-so's house right now they have that that's mm-hmm. the, the kind of network i want to try and, and build <clears throat> so um i also work with um suicide prevention of york um, stop suicide foundation um the york county youth mental health alliance which is a um conglomeration of I think all but maybe two school districts in York County. <clears throat> it's the social workers and the uh, advisors and counselors, psychologists that get together three three to four times a year during the school year, and it's the kids that come together and they they do workshops and kids how to they teach kids how to be nice to kids and how to mm-hmm. work out through their own problems and and help each other out. Great organization. Um, we work with the Avidum Clubs, which is basically the same thing. Um, Do you ever go speak at the schools? Yeah. I uh, I mainly uh, reserve to the Mental Health Alliance okay. when they have their workshops. Now, they couldn't have any workshops because of COVID, COVID in the last year. But, um, in fact, we're planning a uh, what we're calling a flash mob walk. So you've heard of flash mobs, right? Yes. We're going to do one for mental health on first Friday. This coming first Friday? No, first Friday in June. I'm sorry. Oh, in yeah. June. First okay. Friday in June. We're going to we're going to gather at the Rev Stadium and we're going to have 
high school students and we're going to walk around the restaurants with positive signs of positive mental health stuff and and we're just going to disappear. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we're That's gonna... exciting. Yeah, it's it's cool. Is that under your organization or the other? Well, it was my idea. Okay. Um, but okay. I got the I got the mental health alliance involved. Okay. I'm like, get your kids out here. They, I really wanted to do it like at noontime on a Thursday because that's when markets open oh, downtown. Yes. And um, uh, and I thought, you know, new time. You got people coming out from work. It's nice weather, stuff like that. That would be really great. But the kids, we just couldn't arrange it. The kids couldn't get away. It's the end of the school year. Okay. So. We might do one early on next year, in the, okay. at the beginning of the school year. So, um, yeah, it'll be cool. That'll be interesting. I'm trying yeah, to people get people like that. Yeah, I'm trying to get Commissioner Muldrow, Mike okay. Muldrow, mm-hmm. out. Um, what a great! Wow, what about his passion? Okay, yes. You know. Yeah, he's he's working it. He is working. I'm trying to get him out to do that and kind of be the 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 initiator yep. mm-hmm. because he's he's that's what he does man he walks the neighborhoods and stuff so trying to make that happen um good but those are the things that we do with the with the mental health alliance and you know we i've got i've got connections uh got a high school kid or whoever their their doctor or psychologist or psychiatrist says you know what you need to do physical exercise and they can't afford a gym membership or they can't afford something, I'll pay for it. That's that's, that's what cool. we yeah, that's what we raise the money for. I'm working with a suicidal veteran right now. Um, he's done equine therapy. He does his counseling. He's got one hundred percent disability through the through the VA for PTSD. And um, nothing's helping. It's not seeming to work with him. So uh, had a VA called me the other day. He said, Bruce, let's get him in a CrossFit. Let's get him in a CrossFit gym. So it took me a while, but finally got him in and he's, he's been doing some sessions and he missed a couple sessions and I called him. I said, what's the deal? He says, funny you called. My wife just told me this morning, if I don't get my ass to the gym, <laughs> You'd be so, yeah, it's helping. So yep. I'm, and I'll, I'll pay for those sessions, you know, um, that's how, the people that are donating, mm-hmm. that's where their money is going to. We also support a lot of other nonprofits. Um, the uh, Mr. Sandy's uh, Veterans Shelter, mm-hmm. I've donated money to them. There's a uh, group called, uh, or a farm called Glen Hope Care Farm, who's run by a ex-Marine. Um I've donated money to them. I've donated money to Suicide Prevention of York, the York County Youth Mental Health Alliance, Veterans Outreach Group. Um, to date, since we've started, we've raised, and this was back in 20, our first event was in 2016. Was it 2016? Yeah, 2016. Um, we've raised about $80,000. That's amazing. Well, and we've distributed over $60,000. Every penny stays here in York County. That's amazing. So... Yeah, that's cool. Um, we're, all, we're all volunteer. Okay. How many people are on your board? I have seven on my board. Okay. Um, and you and I will talk later about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kind of boarded out, but yeah, I'm always willing. Like, I'm always willing to listen and get involved. Like, I understand. Fundraisers are fun to do. I, I love that, that flash mob. Like, I love that idea. Well, come down on, like, come yeah, down I'm, on the I fifth. Yeah, I might, I might come down, cool. and that's that's awesome. And keeping the kids involved because 
you talked about Trent being bullied. Yeah. It's so much now being on this Facebook and this social media is just, it's terrible. It's exposing it it's, a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I, I guess because I'm, I'm well, not going to say so how many... old I am, but we didn't have this stuff when we were growing up. And, you know, you fought in the parking lot or, you know, the boys picked on the girls and then you got over it. And it's it's crucial right now. What they're putting on Facebook is sad. Absolutely. And, it's you know, sad. I can age myself. I, I'm <laughs> old enough probably to be your father. But anyway, <laughs> um, so when I went to school, yeah, I was probably the bully. I won't deny that. I was probably the bully. And um, we would do the stupid things, but when we went home, we got relief or the mm -hmm. bullies, the kid, the people that were bullied got relief. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't pick on them until the next day they got to school. And, and I'm not, I was wrong. That's times and I'm not blaming on the times, but now, yeah, they, they, they get no freaking relief. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no relief from the bullying. And it's so much easier to be a bully because you don't have to look at that person. You know, if I bullied the wrong person, I got my ass kicked, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I learned my lesson. Now, you, you, whoever can be a bully, they can say right. whatever stuff they want. And it's, it's so, re, it's just horrible. So, so let me just backtrack a second because I just want to talk about the bullying. So when your son got big, went to the gym, you know, started working out and got rid of his, um, what'd you call it? I call it baby weight, but I know you're, it's roly poly. Did they, uh, stop picking on him in high school? Was he still bullied by the kids in high school, or did that stop? No, I think it stopped. He he became, um, I don't want to say part of the group, but um, people respected him a little bit more just because he was different looking. You know? So it's appearance. Sure. Absolutely. Appearance has a lot to mm -hmm. do with it. I was just curious because you said, you know, he had issues, and I thought, okay, so he got big. Did they mess with him, or...? They just accepted him then at that point. Well, he became the person that you didn't bully anybody else. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. Okay. He, he called, he would call you out. He okay. Would, and he was a terrible fighter and he got the fights in high school and he got his butt kicked, but he was always sticking up for someone else. Awesome. Yep. He was that person that, um, that would stick up for whomever. He didn't care if they were a roly poly or not. Everybody was his friend. You know, he wanted everybody to be his friend. He just, he wanted to be liked. Mm -hmm. That was his biggest thing. He just wanted to be liked in, lo in life. Awesome. So. Um, anything else before you, anything you want to share about your group? Yes. Well, I got two events coming up. Okay. Absolutely All share. Right. August 22nd. And we're going to publish this soon. We'll put tickets out on Eventbrite. Um. We are going to break the world record for the amount of people that get together and do one simultaneous push-up. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. So how did this, so you know 22 veterans a day complete suicide. Um, I don't know if you knew that or I not. I did not uh, know that. 22 veterans a day take their own lives. Um, so there's a lot of organizations out there that use the, the figure 22. And I'll be honest with you, the figure's down right now, but we still do 22 is the symbolization and what have you that, you know, f 
for that purpose. Um, so it's going to be on August 22nd. The current record is um, 1,641. We want to get 2,200 people there. That makes sense. To do one simultaneous push-up to break the record. And we're, where's this at? Yeah, it's at. going to be happening at the Rev Stadium. Oh, cool. Inside the Rev Stadium. Inside the Rev Stadium. So we were going we to charge $22. Oh, yeah. But we, we backed it down to 17 Okay. Um, so you get a game ticket. You get to see a game. Um, you get to be part of a world record. We'll get you a baseball. Um, we'll get you a, uh, a baseball card with, with it on there. And um, come in and be part of fun and everything. It's um, Gates open at 12 o'clock. But you'll be able to go on our webpage, um, bartsbrigade.com, or our Facebook page, which is Bart's Brigade. Austin, you'll put that on. I'll put the links in the description. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you'll be able to buy tickets, and, and it'll be a great time. It'll be and really, really cool. came up with this? Well, this is how this started. So last year, so well, I, I, if we have time, I'm going to backtrack. So yes. when I became part of Black Powder CrossFit, well, first let me back it up this far. Um, if you know anything about CrossFit, the military does a lot of military people do CrossFit workouts and okay. because it's functional training for what they, what they go through. So um, there's a lot of hero, what they call hero workouts. Um, anywhere in the world on Memorial Day weekend, CrossFit gyms all over the world will be doing what's called. Oh, man, I forget the name of it. I, I, I hear about it every, Murph. every year. Murph, yeah. Murph. Lieutenant Michael Murphy, Operation Red Wing in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, he was the uh, team leader of a SEAL team, four-man in operation that went in. And uh, if you ever watched the movie Lone Survivor, it's about that mission. Well, Murphy actually sacrificed his own life. He got up on a, uh, a rock and was, was killed by Taliban. Um, the, the four men got overrun by two or 300 Taliban. But anyway, his daily workout was to put on a 25-pound weighted vest. He would run a mile. He would come back in. He would do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, put his vest on, and go run a weighted mile. That was his daily workout. Those people do this every year. Yeah, so all the gyms get together and do hero workouts in his memory. Um, There's other ones, too. So when Trent died... um, he died on Wednesday. The following Saturday, his gym got all the members together, and they and the, the his coach made up uh, his hero workout. We call it Trent, um, and uh, it's his made up of his favorite movements. And what they did is they get they raised a lot of money that went to the Wounded Warriors Project. Okay. So anyway, in 2016, um, in August, on his the date he died. I thought, let's raise some more money. Um, so we did a workout. Was it 2016? No, we did the first workout in, I always want, I talked to him. I said, let's do some fundraiser, stuff like that. And I hadn't become a nonprofit yet. So in 2017, we did a workout, his workout, which is, if there's any CrossFitters, listen, this is what it is. It's um, 15 box jumps, 15 burpee pull-ups, and 15 thrusters. Crossfitters don't know what those are. Yeah. Four rounds of that, and then you run a, Then you pick up something heavy, and run a weighted mile. So 
um, we would do this workout. We, we went to the gym. Um, people would pay so much. You got a T-shirt. We come in. We had some food, and we did Trent's workout. We raised some money. Um, and then we did our butterfly event in August and blah, blah. So I didn't do it in 2018, but 2019, I did another one. Same thing. We did it in the gym and we did his workout again, had a few more vendors there. We get mental health vendors, um, all kinds of different stuff. We had pulled pork that was, oh, it's great time. Um, and then we did a walk. We did the workout and then we all, I bought these, obnoxious orange t-shirts they were <laughs> bright as can yeah. be and we walked through, because the gym was in dallas town we walked through dallas town on red line just to bring awareness, awareness you know um well it got so big we had so many people come we had to move move it from the gym so in 2020 and we call the event trent and just put the year behind it so we did trent 2017 trent 2019 trent 2020 trent 2020 was at um the Gold Star, I gotta get this right. Gold Star Memorial Healing and Peace Garden out by Memorial Park. Okay. I don't know if um, a local, a mother lost her son um, in Afghanistan. Uh, and mm. so she's a Gold Star mother. And she actually has this, she made this park happen. And uh, so we did the event out there. Now, Trent, if you remember earlier, I talked about Trent used to compete in, in best warrior competitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, part of best warrior competitions is you do a ruck. What's a ruck? A ruck is you throw a rucksack, which is what they take out in the field with them, which is usually anywhere from 60 to 80 pounds. You put it on your back, and you go anywhere from 15 to 25 miles. But you don't walk. Oh. You run. Oh. So in 2020, we did Trent 2020. We did a ruck, and my... Th- theory was if you can't rock you can run so we did a 5k and then my theory was if you can't rock or run you can walk so we did like a, a mile walk um that so we're we're doing that again this year this one's on september 18th it'll be called trent 21 okay um our guest speaker will be judge trebill cock from veterans court um we'll have food vendors um raffles all kinds of good stuff that's so, awesome. Yeah. That, that is it. really cool. I love the ideas. So um, this this is just getting, and now the t-shirts are not obnoxiously orange. <laughs> they're, they're yellow. <laughs> no, they're bright green. Okay. And thank you for that, because this year they'll probably be yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I want people to go, what's going on there? I want to be a part mm-hmm. of that. That's that's. I, w- I want people to talk about mental health. I want mm-hmm. people to talk about say you know drug addiction and and just because someone's addicted to drugs doesn't mean they're a bad person yeah you know we talk about the only way that we're gonna change this is to talk about it and not not talk loud or low but scream it Mm -hmm. out you know i agree so um yeah those are the things we would be doing and and this is how we started raising money. So I really never, I didn't become, I've been a nonprofit for a little over a year now. Okay. I didn't get my nonprofit status till, uh, um, uh, last year. So anyway, I, I got, um, how did we get the idea of the res stadium? Well, last year, right before Trent 2020, um, there's this thing called the toy bear. Well, let me even back up. In in April of last year, when COVID hit, mm-hmm. and we ran out of masks and everything else, the toy bear 
T-O-Y, Toyota of York, Bear, okay, who is the, I guess, face of Toyota of York. Okay. I know who he is. I'm not going to say his name. People probably do know who he is, but he was Trent's gym dad. He... Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. He's very supportive, and he comes up with a lot of these ideas, and he... uh, Toyota of York is our biggest sponsor. They supply, they, they sponsor us with a lot of money and donations and these ideas and fundraisers. Um, so anyway, last year, Toy went up on the roof of Toyota of York and will not come down until he raised $8,000. Wow. And all that money was going to go to nurses and, and healthcare uh-huh. workers for whatever. We bought them lunch because, you know, COVID was starting mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So we raised the $8,000. It came off the roost. I think we did it in 54 hours. And then Toyota of York matched it with $8,000. Wow. He got to thinking about something else. Um, 22 miles. He wanted to do a 22-mile ruck, a 22-mile walk. Mm. Toy, um, uh, got this idea that we're gonna we're gonna walk 22 miles. Trent went to Eastern High School. Toy went to Susquehannock High School, and the distance between Susquehannock and Eastern is 22 miles. Wow, that's crazy. So, um, so we walked 22 miles from Susquehannock High School to Eastern High School, and every mile we stopped and did 22 push-ups. Oh, wow. Yeah. We raised $20,000. That's wow. awesome. Toy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I keep doing it. Toy put out a, uh, a challenge to all local car dealers and Bob Ruth Ford um, up in Harris, or in uh, Dillsburg. Dillsburg. The owner lost his father to suicide. So they accepted the challenge and they did it with us. And we did Facebook fundraisers and we, like I said, we raised $20,000 that day. So he wanted to do something different. He came up with the idea of the push-up at, uh, the toy did at, uh, at the park. At the park. That's awesome. Like, I love the, I love the ideas. Like they're unique and they're, they're a challenge. Well, and you know, um, it's. The toy does a lot of videos, and and he was doing a video, and he he, he doesn't. Um, well, actually, a guy named does the videos for toy because toy doesn't talk, and he did some videos. He's very solemn with it, and I'm like, no, let's let's be happy with it. Not that we're happy about people dying by suicide or drug overdose or anything else, but make it fun so that people come so that that we make them aware of it. We bring that awareness out, Mm -hmm. you know, that's key. Yeah, exactly. So, um, in fact, he's doing one right now. (laughs) The toy bear is doing a challenge. If you go to York fit, um, for first, uh, for giving, give local York, um, go to York fit on, on, um, Facebook 
and they're doing a, a push-up challenge and a burpee challenge that the toy bear will probably be doing burpees. I think he's going to do as many burpees as he can in 60 seconds. Okay. So, and, but people are throwing money at him for however many mm-hmm. he does. It's like $5 for each burpee he does and That's stuff cool. like that. Yeah. So I love it. Um, it just keeps that conversation going, which I really think that it's important, not only with suicide, but drugs and, and, and the opiate crisis and everything else. And yeah, mental health. Yep. And mental health. Yeah, you got to keep that conversation going. I think that's key is education. <laughs> education yes. and awareness. Mm-hmm. Which I think an important part of the podcast was when you mentioned in the beginning when you, uh, you were an officer and you were talking about how these kids were doing drugs and taking their lives and you didn't really care. But until you became aware from your situation then that's when you started changing your mindset as far as education and awareness bring it to other people yeah and and i think what you said the mindset we need to change that mindset before they have that tragedy yeah tragedy Mm -hmm. at a young age you know the dare programs and stuff like that i don't know how well they work but with what the mental health alliance is doing with the kids in school they're saying yeah these are, we're, we're talking about bullying. We're talking about aggressive dating for high school kids mm-hmm. and what yeah. the, that type of thing. Um, and they're talking about drugs and, and the dangers of it. And, and they're being loud about it. They're not doing it quietly. And this is starting in grade school. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad thing. People don't realize they think, oh, well, you know, they're good until they get to high school. This stuff is, Kids today are six, seven years old and understand they're being bullied at that young of an age and yeah. understand. Um, I, I'm going to try and remember the statistics here or what year it was. Um, 2018, I think it was. There were 96 suicides in New York County. 12 were under the age of 18. Uh, yeah. 10 and 11 year olds. That gives me the goosebumps. Completing suicide. So, oh, another event I want to talk about uh, Building Bridges for Brianna. It's happening um, June 26th at Lions Park in Dallastown, right next to Dallastown High School. Uh, a gentleman lost his daughter on December third of 2020 to suicide and he's kind of he's on his mission kind of like i mm-hmm. was you know we all go on yeah we go on those missions we, we want to help everybody else yep. because that's how tragic it is to lose your child like yeah. you want to help anybody yeah regardless how you lose your child like so before we wrap this up what would you say to the parents or the parent that is going through this right now that lost somebody to suicide, what would you say to them? First, it's not your fault. And the the stigma that is attached to the survivors, some parents don't want to talk about it. Some family members don't want to talk about it. Um, all I can say to those that don't want to talk about it is come to our come to support groups you can find them online suicide prevention in york we have them local in york county uh, a couple times a month at different places 
and and be with people that are going through the same thing that you are so that you can learn more about it and know that you're not at fault and it doesn't matter what people think about you because of what your child might have done you're mm-hmm. still great people yep. you know um and for those that that um you know are okay with talking about it you know scream it to the rooftops you know yeah. this is unacceptable and we need to change things and and we all need to ask our children ask anybody you know what's your relationship with suicide i love it yeah so yeah conversation well, you want to wrap this up yeah i just want to thank bruce for coming um he has a great organization yeah we'll uh, put all the links in the description yeah also we'll put all the links um in we're gonna actually we talked before the podcast we're gonna get a list of numbers um not just for vets not just for addicts but anybody homeless people like where can these people go because there's so many organizations that care and i just those that are listening like make people feel loved like watch your kids if they're bullying like stop it like yeah it's awareness and don't think for a second that it's not affecting your child because you don't know what they're hiding absolutely and you know when it comes to signs and stuff like that, sometimes there are no signs. So you got to ha- have that relationship with your kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I'm not a perfect parent by any means and I don't know, but my kids were not my friends. They are now, I mean, Brittany, mm-hmm. but, um, I think I tried to make them my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to like you. <laughs> Or they're going to be mad at you when you say, I shouldn't say they're not going to like it. They're going to be mad at you when you say, are you thinking about killing yourself? You know, or let's have a talk or let's sit down and talk. But you know what? That pain that you get right there is going to be one millionth less of what you might feel if you come home and find your child dead. And I always say go with your gut instinct. Like you had the feeling, you know, when you get that feeling, like just investigate it. Yeah. It's our job as parents. Yeah. Well, thank I, you for. I thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I think this is great. Thank um, you for coming. I, I I know a lot of people that uh, we can hook you up with some guests and okay. do some things. So this cool. is really awesome. Education is key. So absolutely. One step at a time. Thank you for what you guys yeah. are doing. No, thanks, Bruce. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.